What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Now from Hollywood, California, the horror capital of the world. The Boulay Brothers, Creatures of the Night. Hello, darlings, and welcome to a new episode of the Boulay Brothers, Creatures of the Night. Now, I have to apologize because we are a week late, but as we mentioned on a previous podcast, we have been very busy filming some special content for you that you will learn about probably in like two months or something like that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, something like that. If I have to like take a moment and breathe it in and assess my current state, both physically, mentally, and spiritually, I feel like a crazy person. Yeah. I feel yeah. a little bit like a crazy person. And you know what? What better time to record a podcast than when you're feeling kind of crazy? That's what I was thinking. It's hour 12 or 13 on yeah, set. Yeah, why not? I've seen a lot of crazy stuff today. I've seen a lot of emotional craziness. Uh-huh. Certainly that rivals season four, episode five, I would say. Oh, right? my God. Well, I saw a lot of emotional craziness, too, at some point this afternoon, and a lot of it was coming from you, Drac. That's true. <laughs> That's the, the I, unexpected part, Yeah, right? I think you were rivaling season four, episode five. <laughs> Not you, bitch. <laughs> Not very John Galliano. I wore my slippers to work today, uh-huh. and um, I didn't bring a second outfit. Nope. I got on stage and ripped someone's wings right off their costume. Yeah. With my guitar. And yeah, that's pretty much how today went. Very crazy, but fun, I guess. No, it was amazing. Yeah. It's going to make good content, that's for sure. But I'll need another year of therapy afterwards. (laughs) I think I usually, what is it, like December and January, I kind of hole off by myself and be like, I'm quitting all this. I'm going to go to therapy and be normal. That's and the then, way. That's the way it used to be. That's yeah. how it was a few years ago. But we've entered like I did a that in we, last we've year. entered a new era. But you didn't have much time to do it. You did it for what two weeks, and then it was like boop boop onto the next thing. We were on the U.S. tour. I think it was three because everyone <laughs> went away for Christmas, and I was like, yeah. Oh, that's when Ian and Nathan went to Japan too, that's right. and then we were yeah. left in Los Angeles to deal with our existential dread and depression. Yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody, <laughs> and Happy New Year. <laughs> but. We climbed back on the horse. We did halfway to Halloween, and it was fantastic. And here we are again. Here we are again. Couple of th- so obviously we're filming a project, so we've been really crazy. So sorry, everybody, that we haven't been on air. And I do say sorry because people depend on the podcast. I have learned 
that people look at listening to the podcast as if they're hanging out with friends. They're hanging out with us. We're all talking and catching up. And I understand that because there's podcasts that I listen to now that are very similar that I'm like, I'm driving to set and it takes a half an hour or whatever. And I'm like, I need to check in with my girls every day and kind of have my cold brew. hundred percent. Just like yeah. any other media or television show. Like when you expect it and you turn the channel and you want it to be there and it's not there like that really sucks. It sucks. And so that's why I'm going to announce it right now. Oh, here we go. That we are going to be doing the Boulay Brothers Creatures of the Night. Don't do it. Every week. <laughs> Every week. Starting because sometime in the near future. Because the podcast that I listen to, when they don't come out every week, I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> you know what? I'm like, fuck you a little bit. I'm like, I'm on my way to work. I need some free entertainment. I was looking forward to catching up with my girls, and you're not there. Fuck you. Wow. And I don't want to be that person. <laughs> so we're going to do it every week. Oh. And uh, we're going to want to kill ourselves. It's going to be great. <laughs> wow speaking of wanting to kill themselves when i looked at ian's face and we said we're doing a podcast tonight she put the happy face on she put the trooper on she ran across the room and guzzled a red bull right here at the edge of midnight and we've been going for like 15 hours today and you know what i don't think she wants to kill her. i think she's ready to show up and have a good time tonight i don't know anybody else <laughs> that can manage a gigantic set like this mm -hmm. 50 or 60 people have a rat shit on them and they still show up to do the podcast after midnight mm -hmm. at a girl. So anyways, what else is going on? <laughs> podcast after midnight sounds like a sequel to Creatures of the Night or something. Podcast so, after midnight. It's like, it's a sassy conversation between like horny girls who wow. want to like explore new cities uh, okay. and, the, and the adventures that they might hold. I don't, maybe it's just me. I, I think so. <laughs> You know what's getting me through tonight? <laughs> what? My trusty Creatures of the Night Tumblr right here. You can hear it's it. It's so beautiful. It is beautiful. And you know what? It's Thank a conversation you. piece. Thank you, everyone at home that bought up all the Creatures of the Night merch because it is nearly sold out. And that makes me very happy because that means people love the podcast and they want to be part of it. And I really want people to take pictures of themselves at the movie theater. So make sure you tag us and Ian and Creatures of the Night when you take pictures of yourself at the movie theater with your snack pouch. That would bring me so much joy. Yeah. And, and I, where are the testimonials? Because these are quality. They look so good. Everyone online is talking about how, because you couldn't tell them, you're like, you know, hey, this is really like a premium item. This isn't just like yeah. a cheap plastic cup. And people are like, you can't, you know, how do they know? They're just seeing pictures of it. But the people yeah. that have ordered them of like, oh my God, it's really high quality and awesome. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They don't sweat. That was important to me. They do not sweat. I hate that when you have like, you know, sweating sucks. Yeah. No, but when the cup sweat and it gets all over everything. I oh, can't the cup sweat sucks yeah. too. So, yeah. So that's happening. We also are getting ready and geared up for Midsummer Scream, which is coming up Ooh. very shortly. If you are in the LA area or anywhere within a couple of hours of LA, you should definitely come out to see us at Midsummer Scream because for the first time, we're going to have not only us, but a bunch of the winners from the show. We're gonna have Landon Cider. Who else is gonna be there, Drag? Dali. Who else is gonna Saint be there? Saint is confirmed now. Mm -hmm. Victoria is gonna Victoria be there with Elizabeth us. Elizabeth Black. It'll be amazing. So we're gonna do a panel like in the big. There's like a huge amphitheater. It's like the main room, and we're gonna do a big Dragula panel there, and we're gonna speak about sort of like the origins of Dragula, like how we came up with it and all that stuff. And then we're gonna also bring out the winners and sort of interview them. 
And that's going to be great. And then we're also going to have a big booth with some set pieces from the show. There's going to be makeup demos. So Landon and Victor, all of them are going to do little demonstrations to kind of show like, um, you know, how they transform into the drag monsters that they are. But they're not going to do it on themselves. They're going to do it on a model, which I think would be really interesting to watch. I think that's super cool. And we, of course, we love to go to Midsummer Scream and uh, Monster Palooza, Son of Monster Palooza, and all the other like horror conventions that happen around Southern California. And you do see stuff like that. And I think it's like, as you're traveling through, there's so much to look at. When you can catch a good makeup transformation, like right at the right moment, it can just pull you in and it's mesmerizing. It's like entertainment for a while. I love to go in full, like, disguise to midsummer scream like on a sunday morning when no one's there well actually there's never no one there's really no, a gazillion so people packed. but if you can sneak in with a pass <laughs> that no one else could have so hey you know what it might doesn't it might not feel like it could happen but trust me when i tell you it could happen if you can use your talent pass to sneak in <laughs> oh my god but no but if you get on there oh on sunday Guma. morning and just shop and look at all the Halloween stuff there. Like we almost took this like pumpkin carving class and there was like. You um, can make your own like a tombstone and so there at a spawn. And then you go. It. My favorite is the hollow shadows or whatever they call it when you can go through mini samples of like all the haunts around. It's so fun. So that's happening. <sighs> and we talked about Outfest yet on the podcast. I don't, I don't think know. we have. No. So Outfest is featuring. Performers from the Bully Brothers Dragula this year. Outfest is happening right now, but it goes on for like two or three weeks. And they have a big showcase featuring the monsters of Dragula. And we have Dali's going to be there. And the icon Coco Kane and Landon Sider. Uh, going to be really cool. So if you want to go see them, that's in Los Angeles for the next two weeks, I believe. I don't know the exact date, but it's going to be cool. You should go see it. Absolutely. So much exciting stuff on the horizon and a lot more stuff to talk about here on Creatures of the Night. But before we go any further, we're going to take a quick break after these commercials. And we'll be right back. Refill your tumblers, Junior Mints. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back, uglies, to the newest episode of Creatures of the Night. And the time has come for us to throw open the doors and welcome to the podcast our co-host and cohort in crime, Ms. Ian DeVogler. Ian, darling, welcome to the show. Maguma 3 reporting for duty. I'm freshly Red Bulled. I have some water. I'm ready. It's midnight recording a podcast. Do you think Wait, podcast after midnight. Horny oh, girls in your area want to record podcasts yeah. with you. Yes! I needed you for backup 10 minutes ago. Okay. Drag oh, wouldn't let me out of the cage. She was like, drink this Red Bull right now. Get back in the rack. <laughs> well, here yes. you are. Here you are. Backing me up. Oh my God. Okay, wait. Is it weird, sadistic, fucked up, masochistic? I don't know that I'm like really happy recording the podcast right now. Like, no, like, I missed like, it. We're a little late. The only people that I'd be like, Oh, it's midnight. Like, let's just work for another hour. I'm like, hi, I love us. I, first of all, got here 
the first person this morning. Oh my god, you texted me at like 7 a.m. I was like, I don't even know what time it is anymore. And I went to bed at like three. I don't know. (laughs) I'm I'm like, at least Swan didn't wake me up again today like (laughs) she did the other day. I'm gonna tell the story. So you should. We're filming this. You know, we're we're gonna tell it because I have a perspective. Go on. Go on. We're filming this project, and (laughs) it's very hard to sleep for like two months. It's just really intense. You work all the time and things change constantly. So you just, it's hard to relax and sleep. Finally, we get to sleep one night. <laughs> That's about it. And Swan wakes me up and is like, Do you got that? And I'm like, What? <laughs> and she's like, Your alarm went off twice. And I was like, What? Oh my God. Cause I'm like, I don't wanna be late. Cause if I'm late here, yeah. you know. So I look at my phone, I'm like, It's six in the morning. And she's like, Oh, I guess I dreamed it. <laughs> Rolled over, back to sleep within like 50 seconds. Yeah. Me, wide awake. I'm like, well, I guess I'm up now. <laughs> so Swan, Look, what is it your was, version? No, I mean, it's basically exactly <laughs> that. It's basically exactly that, but I was completely convinced. And, you know, I a lot of times when I'm overstressed or overstimulated, I dream super lucidly and all kinds of stuff can happen and definitely it could feel real. Like I was hanging out with... Lisa Renna and Kyle Richards the other night in my dream. And literally, it was a full-on Kiki and carrying on. They wanted my advice about how to film the next season and what was going to be like, well, the most attractive. As they should. Yeah, as, I, exactly, as they should. Exactly. But yeah, I was convinced that the alarm had got off twice. And I didn't want Jack to be late. I didn't want to be late. And, you know, it just it didn't happen. But <laughs> Were you um, like... Lisa, you're on pause. Kyle, divorce drama. There you go. Oh Good my night. God. I'm like, Kyle, you need to spice it up. This is what I told her like last week. I was like, you need to spice it up. Lesbian affair. Yes. <laughs> so anyways, back to the story. So got in here early as hell. Crew comes in. We're painting. They probably think we're insane. Film all what all day, all night. It's You're like, talking about today? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, it has literally been like a twelve hour filming blitzkrieg. My question for you all was them knowing that, and then we're done. We all had the same day together. They're leaving and they see us <laughs> getting ready to do a podcast. What do you think that they think? I don't know what they think, but it is funny to me because there were like three or four different crew members who were like, okay, good night, Ian. What are you going to do? And I'm literally setting up podcasts going, they're like, are you recording now? And I'm like, yes, get out. I have to record this. Like you're like, you're actually in my way. Israel came in here and got his foot out for you. She did. (laughs) What did you call it? Foot finder. So I told Israel, I was like, hey, Israel, listen. Cut me in 20% and I will manage your foot finder account. He was over here with his feet out. I was like, what? She is was she showing doing? them hogs for free. I know. <laughs> Anyways, this is how much we care about our podcast listeners. We're here and we love it. We're, We're excited about we it. We love it. And I'm not used to it. Yeah, I'm not. Anyways, do you have some news yeah, for us? Yeah, why don't we hear some news? Spirits, sirens, sissies, and sassy specters, heed my call. Tonight, we are venturing deep into the realm of demonic dom-top daddies and fussy fruitcakes with all the latest news from the worlds of Hollywood and horror. Join hands with the person closest to you and prepare for a terrifying journey into the unknown. 
Our first order of business in tonight's seance gone sideways is the news that Art the Clown will be terrorizing 700 theaters across the United States for the largest theatrical release of the cult classic film in response to the success of 2022's Terrifier 2 and in preparation for Damien Leone's confirmed threequel, Terrifier 3. Tickets are currently on sale and interested listeners dying to take a trip to the theater should act fast as the theatrical release will only last for a week before Art is banished back to the cult classic film from whence he came. I love this sex, uh, this sex <laughs> podcast after midnight. Morning, girls in your area. Podcast All right, the clown, your thing. Yeah, podcast clown after midnight. Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> I love what I was. What I was trying to say was. I love the success that keeps getting breathed into Terrifier and Terrifier 2. Totally. I love Lauren. I love the whole franchise. Like, I just get excited that there could be like a small indie production company like that that makes something that just hits a tone for people and it's original and it's cool. And we just haven't had a character like that born in so long. Yeah, I feel like Art the Clown is cementing himself as a horror icon you know i think we talked about this when we reviewed terrifier and it's like there have been so many attempts to build a new horror icon but none of them really stick you know and i feel like he's sort of original he's kind of a mix between freddie and michael myers and all these other characters and i'm like i love art who is art most like like as far as horror icons okay actually really weirdly i think that she's most like bugs bunny because her like you know her the like, horror icon Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny. Oh, oh, I can't, oh, I can't. Oh, my God. So scary. Oh, my God. But no, like, you know, I think like the way that he sort of manifests all these weapons out of that bag, like it's yeah. almost sort of a just like total fantasy. I mean, hi, it's like gross and in our reality, but it's like, what does art need to mutilate this random person? Like a cat of nine tails made of scalpels. OK, he just like pulls it out of a bag. He's like the Zack Snyder killer clowns from outer space. Oh, yeah, right? Okay. It's like, you know how they took the Joker? Uh-huh. That's not Zack Snyder, but still, like how they took the Joker <laughs> and they're like, let's make the Joker real and dark and yeah. all that. Yeah. It's like if they did that with Killer Clowns okay. from Outer Space, you would have Art the Clown. See, I was thinking yeah. more, I guess just classic, like Michael Myers and Freddy Krueger combined. Because we have like the silent killer, but yeah. then we have that kind of like kind of repulsive comedy. Yeah. And it's just the two of them. And it's really the blend of like, you know, what is dream and what's reality. Yeah. And even, what is it? Um, In Terrifier 2, there's that shot literally where it's like, art appears in that that sort of alleyway and there's like all the fog and stuff. And I'm like, this is a direct rip from mm -hmm. the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Our next nefarious netherworld news item comes to us all the way from the Mall of America, where a brand new 45,000 square foot haunted attraction is planned for this Halloween season. The largest shopping mall in America, and the 11th largest in the world, by the way, is now hiring for this year's attraction, and interested scare actors can sign up and learn more at the official website before pre-sale tickets are released on August 1st. Well, I love that that's happening, but Same. how many of us have been to the Mall of America? I think, didn't the three of us go to the Mall of America together on tour one time? I don't, mm, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. It sounds like I something felt like, we would do. I felt <laughs> like I didn't, I felt like I never was there, but if we actually went there and I forgot, that totally tracks. Although I would say this, chances are if we went, we didn't go and like ride rides or like have fun. We went and like ate at Cheesecake Factory and worked and like had a meeting about Titans or something. I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> I had to get some weird items at Dillard's or something. Yeah. So that we some because, weird costume for yeah, me. Exactly. <laughs> a costume thing broke and I decided, you know yes. what? We're on a world tour and I'm changing this show completely. Uh, oh my that God. sounds accurate. Yeah. 
And the final demon to name in tonight's salacious summoning circle comes in the form of the fifth installment in the genre franchise, Insidious the Red Door, which has officially pulled in over 120 million U.S. dollars at the U.S. box office following the second week of its official release. Insidious the Last Key, the highest grossing film in the film franchise, wrapped up its theatrical run with a whopping 168 million. And of course, not that money is the end-all be-all of quality, but we'll be keeping an eye on the final film in the Insidious franchise to see if Miss Patrick Wilson has what it takes to take the top spot even further. I mean, it sounds like it's a success, right? No matter how you slice it, right? I think it's like the third highest grossing film of the weekend behind Mission Impossible and whatever number two is. I haven't heard a ton about it, but then again, we have all these strikes right now. You you know, people can't promote their projects. So We've right. also been reclused to this studio. We've also too, been so locked in yeah, this we've giant been, warehouse. We've been working like 15 hours a day, but we, we snuck oh, yeah, out to watch happened. the movie. Oh, oh, right. Yeah, I know. Hi, I love like behind the scenes. We're like, oh, hey, like we are going to, spoiler, we're going to record a podcast and we're going to review Insidious. And I'm like, Ooh, I got to find three hours to go to the movies. But we did. And on that note, Swan and I are going to move into this episode's Creature Feature Movie Review. And it's going to be a double feature this episode. Because we saw Barbie. Yes, you heard that right. (laughs) We saw Barbie. And we also saw Insidious the Red Door. So why don't we start with Barbie? Okay. So my first question for you is... Are you a Barbie girl? Like when you were a child, were you into Barbies or no? I am not a Barbie girl. I don't think that uh, many people would have guessed that. <laughs> no, no, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe I look a little bit like Barbie. I think but I no, could see it. I think if I styled myself just the right way, I would be giving Barbie. But I was not a Barbie girl. I didn't really play with dolls very much at all. But of course, tons of people in my neighborhood had Barbies and I knew all about them. And of course, I had a few favorites with like the big hair and like, you know, Skipper was cute and all that. But I never really had Barbies. I feel like every time I went to like someone's house that had Barbies, they always had the trashy bar, like the, <laughs> the weird Barbie, Barbie that was like, yeah, that was like in panties with like magic marker makeup and they had like asymmetrical like Whitney Houston haircut. Oh, the hair was mangled and there was like a crayon for makeup on the face. And and their legs were permanently not, you know, like they lost the like tension. So they were just like open all the time. Missing shoe. Yeah. Oh, missing everything but the panties or something like that usually. (laughs) But I love that they actually referenced that in the film. Weird Barbie was probably my favorite moment. Oh, totally. That's the thing about the Barbie movie. It was really smart. It kind of clapped back to so many things from Barbie world, going back to whenever Barbie was incepted, like the 50s, 40s, maybe? Uh, Yeah, I think so. It did feel like to me that it had a little bit of an identity crisis because I felt like it kept shifting, right? So like on one hand, it had these really like dark comedic moments that were very witty and, and just, I laughed like the beginning when you have these small children with the baby dolls and then they see the giant Barbie and they start breaking them. And I mean, that's it right there. That is, that's it in a nutshell. And I almost wished I could have seen a whole movie about that. Oh, I totally get that. But then on the other hand, we had this really strong sort of messaging and, and this existential dread and she would cry. And I don't know. I just felt like it was like two movies kind of, sloppily clobbed into one. 
I guess to each their own. Like I thought it was a good harmony of the messaging. I felt like when Barbie was created, Barbie was supposed to redefine how girls thought about themselves in a positive way. As the president, Barbie as the skipper of this yacht, Barbie is a model. Barbie is the photographer. Like Barbie is everything, but it just kind of like got warped. And then it gave girls like this, this weird <laughs> sense, like your waist has to be like two inches big and your feet have to be perfect in your hair. You have to be blonde and you know, and all of that. Yeah. So I think they had maybe the schizophrenic attempts at diversifying over the years. <laughs> they not, I would say, I would say maybe better than modest. Maybe. I don't I mean, know. Look at the cast. It was so diverse. Oh, I mean, the, the movie did. I mean, I mean the actual product though, you know, like through the seventies and eighties and all, I don't know. Okay. It took them a minute, but yeah. I think eventually <laughs> you saw, you know, Barbies of every shade, not really every shape. I would say, I feel like that's one area where Barbie really kind of like, rammed it down girls throats like this is beauty right it's Uh, thin yeah i read i think it was in 2016 that they introduced their first like i don't know they didn't call it plus size but it was like it was carby carby no it was (laughs) no the deluxia it was like so like please don't it was so lame brian i was like don't do that Yeah, anyway, so they did try to create some body diversity, but it was sort of, I don't know, done in a weird way. But back to the movie, I thought the movie did a great job of diversifying because everyone was pretty. You know, everyone looked cartoony, and but yeah. you had people of all colors and shapes and sizes, and I thought that yeah, was fantastic. Yeah, it was, it was cool to see. I feel like the world needs a movie like just to be able to see stuff like that, like sort of all together in a dreamy world like Barbie land where everything is sort of ideal and like, why not having women in control? It's great. I feel like people are freaking out over that. They're freaking out over like basically straight men are like, they can't handle the movie. Right. And well, like the I conservatives mean, are like going wild, yawn, which makes like, me want to love it more. Yeah. Like, I mean, how tired are we? Who cares? Like, I don't even want to talk about it, but so the movie, right? We're doing the movie review. So in a nutshell, the movie's about a fictional Barbie living in a perfect matriarchal world. Yes. And she goes on a journey of self-discovery and then she ends up here in the real world and sort of realizes that her picture perfect world is not the same. And you know, it's an existential dread after that. Right. Yes. (laughs) So is it what she thought it was going to be? Absolutely not. Like I didn't know what to expect, but I definitely didn't expect this like kooky kind of like surreal experience. I mean, it was highly stylized and imaginative. Yes. Like, I don't even think that does it justice. Like, there was, like, massive dance sequences and just crazy stuff that you would never think that was going to be in a Barbie movie. Well, I so. mean, as a Barbie movie should have, right? Like, it should have all that sort of glamour. And I don't know. I feel like I would be more okay with seeing that than, like, Barbie's crying and saying, like, have you ever thought about death? I'm like, no, I didn't expect to see that. <laughs> right. Movie. No, I know. I do think, you know, the messaging was good, right? But I just thought it was oddly kind of placed. It just didn't, it didn't land for me. I know it landed for a lot of people, a lot of women it resonated with, which I think is cool, you know? Yeah. There's probably some messaging there that I just don't understand. So I just felt, I don't know, I just felt like overall I I didn't love it. I, I felt like the writing was really funny in some parts and then it sort of like, took a weird turn in other parts and Ken was very strange and off putting. I just, I don't know. I just didn't think the flow of the movie was great and I didn't think the writing was great either. I thought Ken should have been off putting. I think I've said this to you before too. Like when we think about other famous couples or, you know, cartoons, we, we almost always think about the man. It's, Fred Flintstone, and then there's Wilma, and it's George Jetson, and then there's Jane. But with Barbie and Ken, it's Barbie and Ken, and Ken is the handbag. Yeah. Like, Ken is the accessory. Yeah. So I kind of felt like he should have felt like that through the whole movie. 
Did I think it was perfect? No. Was the writing consistent? Maybe not. But I do appreciate like the wild vision that it was and the hardcore messaging through it because there was some stuff in there like when said all out in one paragraph, like sort of like the impossible standards that women kind of like hold themselves up to and hold each other up to. Yes. It's like you can't win. Right. And there wasn't one lie in there. Not not one lie. Yeah. I think a lot of women in the audience were like, holy shit, like there it is just laid bare for everybody. And it was it was powerful. I agree with that. And that's the thing I think that works for it. The messaging was good. You know, it was good to kind of start those conversations or have mothers talk to their daughters about things or different, you know, that part was good, but I just thought it was delivered on a vehicle that was not as effective as it could be. Yeah. What do you think of the idea of how sort of adult it was? Because, you know, when you think of Barbie's like an American icon, right? It's one of the most iconic American products of the last like hundred years. So it appeals to kids. It's a toy. So I assume a lot of people are like, I'm going to take my kid to see the Barbie movie. Yeah. And like, you know, when you, you ever see movies like that, where it's kind of written for adults, but it's dumbed down enough to where kids can get it. And you kind of wink at the parents. I expected this to be like that. And it wasn't, I was like, your kid is not going to understand this movie. You're, <laughs> you're within the first 10 minutes. Like I barely understood it. So I, I know that, you know, like, <laughs> what do you think? Do you think they should have like maybe dumbed it down. I like what they did. did. I liked what they did because I feel like it it was safe to play to an older audience because hi, women that were playing with Barbies in the sixties are now like moms and grandmoms and stuff. They will take their daughters and their daughters will be exposed to concepts like patriarchy or misogyny. And like, not that they use that word, but you know, these concepts that, you know, young girls and even young boys don't necessarily think about all the time. Mm -hmm. And that might spark conversation, which I think is valuable. I saw there was a guy on Twitter that was talking about how as the gay man he really resonated with the movie because alan for example right alan was there and alan was just him and he didn't really fit in with the men and he didn't fit in with the women either and he just sort of wanted the barbies to come back and take over and be normal again you know and he connected with that character oh and i could totally to him. see that yeah so like it's interesting like people are connecting with the movie in really interesting ways so I do think it's smart. I just, I don't know, for some reason, it just wasn't my cup of tea. Well, it's breaking records and it's got, you know, a hundred million bazillion dollars in sales. So congratulations to everyone on Team Barbie. Yes. And that means Barbie 2, Revenge of Skipper is definitely coming. And I can't (laughs) wait. All right. So let's move on to our next movie in this double feature, which is Insidious. The Red Door. Yes. Now, I was very excited to go see this film because we were just a guest on Horror Queers. And if you haven't listened to that episode, you should look up Horror Queers. It's another podcast. And they review all sorts of queer horror movies or talk about queer subtext in horror movies. And we were recently a guest there and we talked about Insidious 2. And they love to talk. I mean, this was like a two-hour the uh, podcast was longer than the movie that we reviewed, which was Insidious That's too. hilarious. I, when it, when I looked at the runtime and they were like, basically like, bring your like podcasting dress and you make it a cozy one because we're going to be here for like three hours. But it just flowed. It was fun. Like, I, I, so I really I enjoyed myself. I had a fun myself. time with it, yeah, I've never really done a two-hour podcast And it before. made us go back and rewatch Insidious 2, which I haven't seen it in years. And oh, I forgot how good it was. I love it. I love it. And they didn't like it No, that I don't think that's, that is not a popular opinion because I think number one is so good and iconic. Mm-hmm. And number two, people are like, whatever. But I really look, cause you know, you know, I it's campy. It's, it's super draggy. Campy. It's campy. I was like, Oh, I love this movie. I totally yeah. forgot. It's very like mommy dearest and I'm all about it. So, okay. We watched insidious two and then quickly went to see the red door yeah. after. So it was very 
rewarding to see the family again and to yes. see the Lambert family is all back together again. And the cast, it was just like a dream come true to have them all together again in one film. And we love that. We love, I think both of us love sort of movies, legacy movies. It brings back all the characters and the actors. And also I was very excited to go Me see too. this movie. It wasn't what I expected. It took a very different turn. Like the previous films, have sort of centered around the house and the family. Yeah. And, it, you know, it felt very familiar. This one didn't. It started that way, but then it quickly jumped to follow Dalton to college. Yeah. And so everything sort of started to unfold in the college and around the college. And so that wasn't what I expected necessarily. And I didn't love that part of it. What do you think? Yeah, I think it kind of imbued it with everything that you would expect from like a college setting, like drinking and sex and like a young kind of like sense of humor. And after watching the first act of the movie, I thought I'm like, wow, this is about loss. This family is ripped apart. It's psychological. Like the Dalton is now broody and he's an artist and he's going away. And I felt like we were going to go to like really dark places. But then we went to like party city and at the college at the at Kappa yeah, Phi uh-huh. Alpha house. And I was like, wait, this is weird. But then towards the end of the movie, they sort of picked, back up with insidious as expected right we started to see the demons more and, into the further and, and then, then like, yeah we yeah. started to, oh okay now because oh just in case people listening haven't seen the movie yet this basically picks up 10 years later after insidious 2 at the end of insidious 2 they were hypnotized you know to forget that all these things happen so it's been 10 years the families went through all these struggles and And they've tried to lie to the kids. Like the mother is like lying to the other sibling. Like, you know, oh, none of that stuff really happened. You're not remembering. And it ends up like deteriorating the the fabric of the family and they get divorced. And it's really dark. And so it picks up with Dalton going to college. And then during his experiences in college, he starts to remember. He starts to unwind and he starts to remember, oh, I can visit the further. And what is it? And all this. And at the same time, Josh, Patrick Wilson, who is the father, they both start getting triggered and they start remembering. And so it sort of opens up Pandora's box again, right? It really starts culminating towards the end of the movie. So then you start seeing like little cameos from the demons again. And you're like, oh my God. Yes, I was getting so excited. Right. But then we didn't play with the demons We didn't get a lot of demon. We didn't get a lot of demon love. And that was a little disappointing because I think it's one of my favorite things about the further. Like I love when something happens, like a movie comes out and it's like, oh, this is the new thing. And I'm like, yes, I'm so excited about that thing. And then when the sequel comes out, I'm like, can't wait to see the new thing. You know, I get so excited by the new thing. And we we just didn't get anything new. But we also didn't get enough of the stuff that we know we love already. The Red Face Demon or the Black Bride or or any of them. Right. I mean, they said that this was supposed to be the final chapter with the family. This is like the end of an era. But to me, I felt like they left the door open and it did really well at the box office. The Red (laughs) Right. And so I'm like, maybe it's not the last one. You know, maybe it's not the last time that we'll see them. Yeah, it may not be. I do think there were some really good scares in there. There's like particularly the MRI moment, which I thought was like really different. I I don't I I can't think of a scene that I've seen quite like that scene. I'm surprised no one's done that yet. Yeah. Right. Because that's some people are very scared of those MRI machines. I don't know why I'm like, it's a nap like but. Well, there's that, but yeah, but it is kind of like tunnel-like, and you know how I feel about that, like getting rolled in a carpet yeah, you or being in a like tunnel, it. like Ooh, rolled I don't in like, a carpet. Like That's seriously, so a literal nightmare, um, <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like a Tom and Jerry Bugs Bunny nightmare from my childhood. <laughs> 
Um, no, but there were some good scares in there. I definitely jumped. You know, it's always kind of fun because we also got some of that stuff that we've seen in Insidious movies that we love, like going back and seeing footage from previous yes. movies and then kind of spinning the diamond and looking at it through a different facet and seeing the same footage that you're familiar with, but just from like a different character. I love that. I love that. I love because they did that in Insidious 2 and I yeah. really appreciate it. And I love that they carried it through because look, it's been a long time since yeah. they made one of these movies with this family. So I love that they went back to that and felt that. I guess I liked it. I think people should definitely go see it. I would have liked it to just be more insidious because I love yeah. the franchise. And so I just wanted more of it. I guess is really what it is. I liked it. I could have watched three hours of this family and left the wanting demons more. and everything. Yeah. Yep. Left wanting more. So speaking of more, there is a spinoff being whispered about in the works called Threads. I thought that um, was a new app on Instagram. Threat? It? it probably is. It is. <laughs> what is it? I sounds like it. It, it sounds like vintage clothes like, or no, something. Deny, deny, deny. But this this is actually a, a program or a a project based in the Insidious world, and it's going to be coming out shortly. It's going to be starring Mandy Moore and Kumal Nanjiani, who are presumably going to be haunted by different demons from the further. So I'm excited about oh, it. Oh, so it's nothing to do. It's not the totally we're different. familiar with. Yep, totally different. Interesting. Yeah. We shall see. Yeah. And on that note, we're going to take another break, and we will be right back after these commercials. Welcome back, my little darlings. It's time, Ian, if you wouldn't mind doing the honors, reaches into the mailbag and we can answer some of your listener questions. Tasha from Manchester asks, Hi, I'm super excited to see Victoria and Coco Kane on the upcoming Titans UK tour, but I am gutted that more monsters aren't coming. Why are there only two Titans on this UK tour? Well, there's a couple reasons for that. And like I've mentioned on the podcast before, we do not decide lineups or schedules or anything like that. But we have something really special planned for the UK that we have not announced yet. We did announce the tour, but we did not go into the details of what else is happening on this tour. This is not all that's happening. There's something big happening with the tour that we weren't able to announce at the launch of tickets. But it's coming soon, and I think you'll understand why. There's going to be more performers and a bigger deal around the UK portion of the tour. But I don't know if it's going to be announced by the time this podcast comes out, so just stay tuned and you will understand why. Lots of surprises. <laughs> Julian from Wisconsin writes, I'm a huge fan of the podcast, and by the way, I just got my Junior Mints Tumblr and Fanny Pack. Ooh, Good taste, Julian. I love Creatures of the Night, and I have to know, bats, rats, snakes, or spiders? Bats. For me, it's easy in light of today's festivities. <laughs> I love rats, and rats love me. <laughs> I guess I would say snakes. Like, I think pythons yeah, are... That yeah, that makes sense for Pythons you. are so cute. They have little puppy faces. I do think bats are... Actually, I think rats, bats, and snakes are cute. I do not fuck with ghosts, and I do not fuck with spiders. I'm sorry. What is hunted? I what is haunted? I think she says haunted. Uh, she does say haunted. But. Yeah. Oh, I thought she was like I've seen. I'm like, what is she talking about? I still to this day was like, I don't okay. fuck with ghosts. Like, what was haunted? And go hunted ghosts. I was like, okay, I don't know. Anyways, Mary Cherry's here. That's fine. What's your favorite kind of snake? 
Well, I used to have a ball python. Yeah. And I think they're super, super cute. I do also really love, like, I think, like, venomous snakes are really cool. Oh, actually, I'll say rattlesnakes, even though it's kind of easy, but I did just see a thing that it's, like, the way that rattlesnakes rattle is their rattles are just, like, six segmented pieces that are sort of loosely, they're not even really connected, they're just sort of, like, they fit on top of each other, and then they just kind of, like, shake their ass really hard. <laughs> they just go, like, truly your totem animal. I love it. I'm like, yes, queen, slave. What is the next question? Pop up, pussy hat. Jesse from Los Angeles asks, Y'all have had some incredible guests in the past. Dita Von Teese, Poppy, Lynn Shay, just to name a few. Why have y'all stopped having guests? I really did enjoy having guests on the podcast, but it sucked up like the whole episode, right? Yeah. I feel like we needed it to be like our third podcast. The first one being Creatures of the Night. The second one being Podcast After Midnight, obviously. Obviously. And then I feel like like you, Drac, are a great interviewer Mm -hmm. and you almost needed like your own show for that because i feel it, it like was, that too because i really i genuinely love i am fascinated by how people's minds work and i really like okay even friends of ours like trixie i want to ask trixie some real questions <laughs> i want to ask her real stuff like i want to be like you are crazy mm-hmm. like, she's you're fascinating a neurotic she's fascinating workaholic mm-hmm. like why you know like i want to know what motivates her because she does sort of things that, like, I don't see any other drag queens work that hard outside of us. And I think she's the only drag queen that works harder than us, maybe. And I want to know what motivates her. Because I know what motivates me, and it's unhealthy. But I don't know what the hell's going on with her. <laughs> Even people on our show, like, I would love to go back and be like, when you were on our show, why did you do X, Y, or Z? Because I oh, just want to know. I would love to know. It doesn't even have to be big stuff. I almost feel like it'd be like, Five burning questions that we have for competitors from the show. Like, why the hell did you do this, that, or the other? Right. Like, Foxy. What are you? Like, Foxy Ajoué, why did you tell Melissa at the reunion of season one to get the fuck out of West Hollywood? Seriously. (laughs) But you know what? I bet there's not much of an answer to it. I think she was just, like, drinking and just, I don't know. Well, it's, okay, you're making me think. This has happened a couple of times to us. Like, I have fully realized and accepted that there is no one who loves the show more than us and I don't even know that it's love I think it's just like an obsession because like we you know hi we went on the Titans tour and we just quote the show it's our lives and so we're like hey Melissa will quote the show she's like uh okay or like literally <laughs> all the time so i feel like we'd have to be careful with those questions would be like so zochi on episode one you said i'm coming for your tacos what did you mean by that and she'd yeah. be like i don't why remember that at say all that? <laughs> why would you say that okay wow what are some okay what <laughs> are your burning into questions the mouth of madness. <laughs> let's ask them what are your que- like if there are questions from the show that's just and it doesn't have to be important just like why did so and so do this and that. Like, what would your question be? There's really only one question. Why did Madeline pull the hook out of Hollow's cheek before it was time? Well, okay. That, uh, that, I think she would just say she thought that's what she was supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't think it was. She didn't do it on purpose. I mean, although it was so confusing in the moment, it was like, what is happening? Truly a moment it was it's weird because like watching it on the show i think it's a pretty like accurate but 
it's an accurate depiction of what happened, but it doesn't even hold a candle to the insanity of like watching it live. Because oh, I just yeah. remember like it was like the wind got sucked out of the room. I was like, this is crazy. It now. was madness. It really was. <laughs> it was crazy for like so many people for so many different reasons, yeah. but none of us knew like Hollow, whatever was going on with Hollow, like it was very important for them to make sure that we saw that. Now in the moment, we didn't know. We're like, why are they doing this? Yeah. But to I them, mean, they were like, I need to prove that I do this for real and it's not a, a gimmick. Or something. But I didn't understand in the moment. I was like, what is dragging Louisiana over and stabbing her in the hand? Oh I was like, Holy Henry Rollins, shit. he's like, I'm leaving. This is insane. <laughs> if you freak Henry Rollins out, like, oh my God, what are you doing? Like, so many things come to mind if you just stop and you think for a minute. Like, why was Kendra cobbling a shoe? What else? I mean, there's so many. Loris has done a cup. Why did she boil blood during resurrection? <laughs> she was like cooking her own blood. That's, so, That's uh, how you make it. Yeah. That is how you, you make it. You want to know a secret? I know Everybody why she knows. did it. I know exactly why she did it too. I know why she did it too. I, I think the three of us know why she did it. <laughs> I'm and not going to tell. That's that for is another a podcast. For yeah. Another podcast after midnight. <laughs> well, anyways, you know, that's what we're, we're going to do this. We're going to ask listeners. I'm going to do it right now. Okay. No, I'm not. I'm going to do it at the beginning of the next episode. Oh. But if you wait to do it to the end of the episode, you don't get a main question. But I want to ask listeners, if they had to ask anybody from the show anything, what is it? And we will call them and ask them. <gasps> that's what we're going to do. I that's fine. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode of the Belay Brothers Creatures of the Night. Thank you, as always, for joining us. Remember, if you have listener questions for us, please email us at creatures at bouletbrothersdragula.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the Belay Brothers Creatures of the Night wherever you listen to podcasts, but especially on Apple Podcasts because it's a big deal for some reason that I don't quite understand. Until next time, uglies. See you next week now that we're weekly. Bye. <laughs> The Boulay Brothers Creatures of the Night is hosted by the Boulay Brothers with their co-host and producer, Ian DeVogler. Engineered and mixed by Carlos Bueno with music by Neuron Spectre.